You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 230, brought to you by InStock Trades, the Summit City Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like yo. Hello, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 230, the Annunciation episode. I am Josh Flanagan, and I am here with Ron Richards. Hello, Josh. And back by popular... De- who wrote that? Back to Tom Gators. I'm right behind you, Josh. Right behind you. In the polls? <laughs> no, Tom's Wait, ahead no. of you in the polls, that's for sure. No, no. Waiting for a mistake. I feel, like a mistake. Be, I feel like I'm going to be sitting at home on the couch with my wife one time. She'd be like, you know who I bet could have cooked dinner a little bit better? <laughs> who? Tom? How do you even know him? <laughs> and then I walk in. I'm like, I have, I have a skillet with some pasta and some sauce. I'm like, I, I just threw this together in the hallway. I, I, I made your favorite, Lindsay. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom. I choke him to then it gets weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Fanboy.com is our website. It's all about comic books. We like them a whole lot. That's kind of the point. We like comics. We read them every week. One of us, we all read comics, and one of us uh, picks the best one of the week. They call that the pick of the week. And we talk about it here on the show and the other books from the week and answer some questions. And, uh, you know, we generally uh, gallivant slightly. Is that, that's not the right word. Doesn't matter. We have fun. Uh, before we get to the show, we're going to talk about the books that came out this week. And um, so there's going to be some spoilers. We'll be talking about what's happened to him. So if you haven't read him yet and you're, you're sensitive to that t- type of thing, like some of you might have been for the kick-ass video show. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> it was out in the UK. That Sorry. one was British. I, think I, it's saw no- the, I saw the movie like a month ago. It's old news for me. <laughs> I know. Me too. Zero-sum game as far as I'm concerned. Listen, you read the book. Anyway, there's going to be spoilers. Sorry. We, you know what? We have, given, we have blown spoilers so little yeah. in, our, in our time that, you know, we've, we're a pretty good track record. We're allowed one. Um, we should probably clarify that Tom has joined us this week because uh, we were recording uh, early. Connor was fired. Yeah, Connor, we fired Connor. <laughs> we had to let Connor go. It was HR incident, sexual harassment. We don't want to talk about it. No, in reality, we're actually recording this um, before I leave for Chicago for C2E2. Connor's already in Chicago, so he couldn't make the show. Since Tom isn't in Chicago and oh. broke, broke the hearts of millions, um, we figured we could bring him on the show again. So thank you. You, Tom, for joining. I'm always around. Yes. <laughs> exactly. it's, so, it's so true now, though. <laughs> no, this is 24 you email hours me. on Twitter. You email me and I'll respond back in seconds. <laughs> if, if I'm really busy, it might take up to 30 seconds for me to respond back. Uh, real life rear window just gets funnier and funnier, doesn't it? <laughs> Kid is always on that scooter. Okay, but anyway, so I had the pick of the week, and um, it was funny because actually last weekend when we were planning for Chicago and everything, Connor emailed me, and he's like, you've got pick of the week this week, as he often reminds me of things I need to do for iFanboy because I'm prone to forget. And, um, and Connor never forgets. That's Connor never note. forgets. No, he's, <laughs> like, he's, he's just, like the fable uh, turtle or elephant, whatever it is. He's that a animal. stern taskmaster, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. He's just in line. But he said, you've got pick of the week. I said, yeah. He goes, but it should be an easy one because you're going to pick the Flash number one. I don't believe you read any other books. <laughs> no. I think you just read The Flash and wrote this up. That's what I think. No, no, I did. I, I made a concerted effort. I read The Flash number one first, admittedly, but I did make a concerted effort to read all my books. Luckily, I had a light week. I only had like a handful of books. Um, and But 
if you go to ifanboy.com and read my review, and it's kind of apropos that Tom is on the show, considering Tom is now famous due to his association with The Flash, and particularly Barry Allen. So I'll be curious to hear what you think of it, Tom. But um, uh, I haven't been happier reading a comic book in probably five years. Oh. Easily five years. This, really? Yes. No, seriously. Like, no joke. No joke. Like, when I finished... X-Men Forever, Ron? No, no that's because that's more tongue-in-cheek, and we're going to talk about that a little later. But, um... <laughs> of um, course we... No, but you, you got to say, like, like as much as I love the X-Men, as much as I love Marvel and all this stuff, my own my connection to DC is through The Flash. And I was spoiled because I got on right when John's... Like, right before John started his run in early, two, in, in early 2000. And I read every issue until... I've read every issue since then. And it may also made me realize that he left that book in 05, okay? Mm-hmm. So all the shit with his kids and all the crap we've been through, that's been the past five years. This doesn't feel like five years, does it? Dude, I don't know what the last five years has felt like at all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like it's it's been it's been nearly five years of of not having a good flash book, and to the point where I mean, like a year ago, Connor dropped it, and it was just I mean, it was awful. And um, and I remember it. I mentioned this in my review when they announced Flash Rebirth at San Diego Comic Con. Tom, I texted you that night, that day. Do you remember? And I yeah, said, I do. Yeah. I was I was I was in the shower, and I quick to grab the phone as I heard your ringtone that I have specially for you when you send me. <laughs> Comic news. I was all a tingle. <laughs> but yeah, but that's how that's how excited I was that that uh, Johns was going back to do Flash Rebirth. And at the time, they didn't even announce there was going to be an ongoing. Now, but the thing is, is that you know here we are praising Jeff Johns again, and you think that he's you know paying us to do this or whatever, but. He's not. I, he's not at all. <laughs> I think yet. we bought him a beer that one time, actually. <laughs> but um, this is bullshit. <laughs> but the thing that made this issue so much special is that you know we I, we know that Johns can write the Flash. I mean, we know that like it's a, that's a proven. He did it for five years. Flash Rebirth was great, but Francis Manipal just is unbelievable. Um, you know, and we raved about him in Adventure Comics, but some of the stuff he pulled out for this issue was just. Like, like breathtaking in my opinion. Like the, you know who he reminds me of as I was reading this. Who? It reminds me of John Romita Jr. Interesting. How so? I I just think it's got like it's not quite realistic. It's slightly cartoony, but it's yeah. got like sort of classic action sense. Yeah. And you know some of it's a little more angular. It's not the same exact style as JRJR, but I was like, oh, there's a relation here. And if you look at the way that this is produced compared to the way that like Kickass is produced, it's slightly. It feels a little sketchy, a little light, but the, and the colors are all sort of pastel. Yeah, um, it's it like that. Anyway, I, I could see I could see that comparison. But you know, in Adventure Comics, we just got blown away by the coloring. Which, by the way, we have to give credit to because on the video show when we talked about colorist Josh, you actually gave Manipal credit for coloring himself, and it turns out he doesn't color himself. Ooh, I don't know things. I know Brian. Hey. Give give credit to Brian Bucoletto Bucoletto for coloring it, um, because the coloring is such a a huge part of it. But there are so many, like, we, we raved at the two-page spreads in Adventure Comics, and there's a bunch of them in this issue. But Manipal is more than just, like, he's not just a splash page guy. Like, the, the storytelling was great, the kinetic energy and action, he draws speed so well. But then blew me away with, a, with like, a J.H. Williams III yeah. layout with the, with the rogues. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and, I, and it spells out the it spells out wanted, which was genius, and with the little flash lightning bolt in the center. I saw that, and I was like, what is that? So. He also did a good <laughs> job of drawing a city with people in it. Yes, yeah. a different. Yeah. You know, there's it's you have your cities when you think of fictional cities of Gotham, and you never really see people kind of just walking around Gotham. You know, they're either getting mugged or they've just been shot or frozen 
or had acid thrown on them. Right. And Metropolis, everything's a little bit more futuristic. But Central City is really kind of just a city with people doing stuff that do stuff in really busy cities, which is actually kind of a rarity to see mm-hmm. someone really draw that in a fictional city uh, just so loosely and with so much energy to it. You know, with a, a park, of course, the park is very dangerous. Yeah, uh, dead people show up. Dead people show up at the park. Well, it's just, just everything. You know, like it, everything seems so jam packed, filled with people, like an actual city is. Yeah. Well, were you glad to see the return to the park? I was looking for the bench. I couldn't find the park bench. <laughs> it, it, I really, I enjoyed the issue. I, part of not only because it was a really well written and well drawn Flash issue is it's actually to me it was such a different. Um, type of story from everything else that we've kind of seen from DC lately. You know, things have been really dark and there's lots of gore and blood and point. other stuff. And this Flash story was very breezy, very, I had mo- comedy moments in it, almost like a TV show, yeah. like sort of a superhero CSI with a little bit of humor in it. And it wasn't overly serious at any point, which was very different. Very, uh, very from, lighthearted. Yeah. Very yeah. light. Yeah. This is the very that that people were lamenting that wasn't in the first chunk of Flash Rebirth, I guess. Yeah, yeah. um, I've decided to adopt the persona of of the people who are really angry about it. I'm going to bring back uh, bring back Wally movement. Oh well, you know, Wally is a Wally is a fresh new character. He was made in 1959. Exactly. You know, so he's only three years newer than Barry Allen. So. Keep the youngsters around. <laughs> um, but back to back to the art thing. One thought idea that that I just had real quickly was that actually Manipal's art actually reminds me of uh, of Fab- uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Like there's a there's that the flashback of Barry and Iris at dinner, and it totally look and, and partially because Day Tripper came out this week. Um, yeah. But but like uh, looking at that flashback, it's a very cartoony the twin the brothers you know kind of style. But and also there's the page. Um, where Flash is run towards the end of the book, where Flash is running and he's running at us, and you see the 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 the, the multiple drawings of the Flash, and one of them he's jumping over a car. Like mm-hmm. I, he, I haven't seen the Flash drawn this well in terms of the speed and running through the city. Everyone's just on the Van Skyver kind of just a bunch of lines and red, you know, and you you just get the sense of motion, but you don't actually see the little subtle steps that that he takes. Um, What's <laughs> interesting is that we had talked to. We had talked to Jeff. I'm, I'm not trying to name drop, but we talked to him about uh, an artist that Ron really likes, and I remember yeah. um, that he said it was too cartoony. Broke my and heart. I, Broke my yeah, heart. I know. But then I'm reading this. I'm like, but this is kind of yeah. cartoony. It uh, still doesn't make sense. I don't want to talk about that. But uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but in the same way, no, I, I know what you're saying I love. I really like the page where the car comes apart. Like he takes the car apart, and and the one bef- the what the panel before it where he he's like zooming all around the car yeah. and the different things. And I was well, like, well, I haven't seen that kind of fun speedy kind of stuff in a while well so the issue ends issue ends in a way that i didn't expect with a um with you know commander cold and his crew from the 25th century that looks like the the rogues but now they're cops Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting because that was a different you know it's it's like still like he's figured out a way to to involve the rogues but now put a spin on it that also plays to the flash's legacy with the time travel and the you know the the and he's going to be late for dinner yeah exactly uh, well, now here's uh, my question. Uh, now this is this is my only little question about it, and this is comics nitpicking or whatever. But so, Iris just has a job at the paper again. Like, when did that happen? So um, it's not the best comic you've read in the last five years. <laughs> no, I mean it is. Which, by the way, is hyperbole. <laughs> and if I will not claim that when when it comes back and and somebody says you guys said I didn't say that. I'm saying it. I'm saying. Okay, it. that's anyway. fine. Ron is taking the, that. 
the newspaper right. unions are very strong. Oh, so, so even she, if you <laughs> even if you appear to die, yeah, you will get your job when you get back. Same with the police unions. Well, I liked how Barry was in the witness protection program. I thought that was a good exactly. answer to that. I was dead. Yeah. He's very. He looks like he, has, like he hasn't aged a day, and everyone else has gotten fat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did notice that. I was like, so you notice the fat old guy who's talking about retirement? You worked with him. <laughs> And Barry's very, 20 years ago. Barry's very fashionable, too. You know, he's sort of got, like, the hoodie on with the tie. The very... Yeah. If there was only... The, the, that threw me off just a little bit, but then it was I, like, oh, I, relax. I, I, told, know that I had I, to tell myself to relax. <laughs> I know that when I think of, of uh, Barry Allen, I often think of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I think that they dress very similarly um, that same way. The hoodie? Yeah, yeah the hoodie and a nice skinny tie. Yeah. They're, they're almost exactly the same. Anyway, I loved it. The Flash is back. It's it's it, it, uh, the book is back. I'm happy, and I, I I mean, it was a good first issue. I thought it was pretty standard, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And I mean that in the Jeff Johns way. Like he doesn't tend to break open time and do something you've never thought of. He just like does a really good first well, issue. I thought, and that's, yeah, I thought uh, and I thought it was accessible to new readers. He recapped it in a way where you could just pick up the book and jump right on. You know, he somewhat answered the questions that we had about how is Barry going to fit into the world. Maybe not about Iris, but yeah. But um, I think he had to do a lot of the heavy lifting in Flash Rebirth. Yeah. So that made this feel like a, a cleaner experience. I feel like this is the experience that people, a lot of people wanted out of Flash Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, and he got to it. What, yeah. I, what I just don't understand is, uh, not what I don't understand, but at the crime scene with Mirror Master, when Iris, Again. Iris calls Barry over and they start talking about like details of the case like to the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know? People that know discretion. I know, yeah, exactly. It's a better... Listen, dear, listen. if we do this any louder, people might come to suspect that I am the Flash, so we Flash. should probably talk about this later. I will be late for dinner because I will be out being the Flash. Oh, hello. Yeah. We're having dinner with Hawkman and Hawkwoman. <laughs> Doesn't she call him something, too? Like, she calls, like she calls him... Fleet Fle- Fle- Yeah, Fleet Feet. Like, what? Like... Secret identity. Secret identity. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that with Green Arrow too, but um, but anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, Flash was great, fantastic. Tom, you liked it. It was you, you good, you happy? Or it was very enjoyable. It was it was a really good start. You know, it's a simple, fun comic, well drawn, well done. <laughs> I approve. Yeah. <laughs> so um, brightest day number zero came out to start off the the, the brightest day event, um, and this was a thick book. Yes, yes, it was. I wasn't what cover, I expected from the, the zero the, issue. No. The cover art did not match up with the inside, meaning that the inside was a much nicer bit than the. Oh, someone know. doesn't like Finch, does he? I, not really. Well, Finchy, you know what? I've, Finchy. I've seen him do some stuff I kind of like. I, something recently I was looking at. Uh, it's like not House of M, but was he thinking? Oh no, he the X Men Second Coming. He did awesome on. And he did uh, Disassembled. I think I just read. That. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And you know the early New Avenger stuff. But like, look at Aquaman on this cover. It's weird looking. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, go on. Um, I had a weird art thing with it. I forget what, what issue was it, what comic that was. I gotta find it. There was a weird art thing. I don't think it was this issue, but um, but yeah, this was heavy. This was there are a lot of words in this book. Uh, yeah, it was a lot to take, and the I found it. What happens a lot with stories like this, where it's gonna follow a bunch of different characters, I immediately thought I kind of don't care about some of these, yeah. like Hawk. Eight yeah. characters. This, yeah, this, I don't care about this. Hawk. Kind of feels like Countdown. Hmm. You remember, it I was, could. It kind of felt like fifty-two, or like a mix of fifty-two and Countdown. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, to me. I it was. I know that it was a really bad panel in this one. Uh, well, it's not really bad, but there's a when Jade 
is talking to Kyle and, and the red girl is trying to get, you know, keep, she's jealous or whatever. I don't know anyone's name. And then but at the one page where Kyle is like, he grabs her hand and he gets in real close and he takes his mask off. And I was like, who's that? Who's that meathead? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That <laughs> doesn't that. look like Kyle. That's a meathead. That's like putty. Yeah. That's not. It's like putty. <laughs> Jade. <laughs> Say Arby's night tonight. <laughs> it's going to be rough. But so yeah, so this so this this basically sets the stage for brightest night or brightest day. And so did it resurrect Star City? Is Star City okay now? I think it he just he turned the wrecked part into a, a nice park, which will you know that's equal to all those people dying. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Are, the, yeah, are the hawk people? Are they traveling through time? What like they, were, they like no, like they're remembering. The next. Okay. Tom's I think that storytelling wasn't as clear in that. They're just they now remember all their previous inc- incarnations yeah, and Hawk lives. woman, yeah. Hawk girl now remembers all of them as well. And they know who each other are, which doesn't usually work out that way for them. He's and all that. of those old characters are like weird fifties DC st- stories that yeah. they've now said, Oh, that was Hawkman. You know, he's got like, that, just he's got that glove from Thundercats. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Every, wherever you can find it from. But I mean, it, it did become at times I was like, oh, I'm interested in Aquaman. I was kind of interested in Hawkman just because I think Hawkman's kind of cool. But then I would get to the part with Hawk and Dove, and I'm like, uh, you know, I've kind of read that's like uh, story. Who's the guy? Who's the guy? Not no, the guy who's Magog now. Whatever he was first, like uh-huh. his story in the JSA. I was like, eh. Yeah. Well, it's the classic. Someone's got to be proactive, you know. Yeah. Type. Yeah. No, I'm gonna take the fight to the villains. Yeah, which now I think it's more rare not to wait for the villains. You know, like there's so many people who are so proactive. It's like every couple months there's someone who's super proactive. But I, I kind of read that part and I was like, I, I've kind of seen this before from this very character. Yeah. You know, so it was uh, it was a little up and down in parts, but I, I was interested enough to uh, to keep going with it. Yeah, that's what I'll, I'll I'll give it that. I'm I'm happy. I was happy about some parts. I, like I said, I like the Aquaman bits. I like the I like the idea of the jade bits, although I didn't really like the execution of it. But I like the Marsh Manhunter stuff a lot. That was yes, cool. that was really cool too. So we'll see. You know, I'll I'll read it. It's in all the books anyway. So you so you guys are committing to all twenty seven Brightest Day books in the checklist. There is a checklist. If you go to DC, it's a PDF checklist. Yeah, I'm not getting all those. It's in the back of the issue. So I mean, well, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, there's the are you going to do the Brightest Day miniseries? Yeah. Okay. Then you got Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps. Flash, Justice League of America. I buy all those oh, books. Oh shit! I am getting all of them. All right, Justice League. Justice League Generation Lost. I'm totally no. getting that book. No. Uh, what? That's the that's the that's the Giffen book. Isn't yeah. It? Good luck with yeah. Anyway, um, then also the Winnick book. Yeah. Uh, Birds of Prey, the new no. Birds of Prey series. No. Okay. No. Uh, Titans Villains for Hire special number one. No. <laughs> and Titans <laughs> and Titans and Green Arrow number one. So but essentially, you're buying half the books though. So there you go. Yeah, I uh, yeah nah. <laughs> You're just gonna grunt. <laughs> I'll cut any. I'll cut any of these if they disappoint me. I'll cut any you. Second. I'll cut you. <laughs> nah. Dropped. <laughs> All right. So Tom, you had a you had a book you wanted to talk about. Meh. Uh, I want to talk about Kill Shakespeare number one from IDW. Quite uh, the controversial which... book. Yeah, I was looking it up, and it is quite controversial, which I thought was surprising when uh, when I started looking at the reviews. If you haven't heard anything about it, it's uh, 
as they as the creators themselves uh, give us the nice pitch line of it's like a league of extraordinary gentlemen but with Shakespearean characters. And this is this is where I just want to interject real quick. I tried to read this. I got about four pages in, and I thought, I don't know enough about Shakespeare to do this, and I just stopped. <laughs> I literally, I, I stopped. Yeah. Like, I, don't. I knew just enough to get through, yeah. and then I read, in looking at the controversy about the book, I realized I don't remember dick about Shakespeare. <laughs> well, and that was, I was like, these problems. I'm like, oh, yeah, Richard III is a hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I, I was like, this might be wonderful. I, I literally, I, there, was, there was nothing wrong with it as far as I knew, other than I had no idea what was going on. Well, I was jo- like, All Josh, right. Josh, do you know about the controversy? Not really. Okay, well, <laughs> what's great is that uh, Frank Miller's girlfriend hates it, <laughs> which is just I, like hysterical. It was on Bleeding Cool. There was this whole, she wrote this whole diatribe about all the things they got wrong. <laughs> like, like Shakespeare nerds, like, yeah, like Shakespeare so, nerd out. Totally. And somehow she got a preview copy. Yeah, well, they, they've been they, I mean, they, the, Yeah, IDW has been pushing this book, and the, and actually, I met yeah. the I met the creators at WonderCon, and they and they're they're cool guys, even though they're Canadian, um, and which might be a part of it. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's you, eh? <laughs> but they were really, um, you know, they're really they're nice guys, and they're really behind the book, and they're they're they're. I mean, it, it like. In a, in a way that like you know the the young independent creators should be you know what I mean like they, sure. you know they sent us an advanced copy of it which was awesome stuff like that but um, Kimberly Cox is uh, not only Frank Miller's girlfriend sounds uh, like a porn star yeah yeah but she's um, a New York Shakespearean scholar apparently oh and she got her hands on this That's... book and it's literally like nine pay, nine scrolls to get through all of her ranting about it she, and she even says. <laughs> Come on, the villain tells the hero his task is to steer Shakespeare's quill. I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> That's see, that reminds me of like the people who were still really against the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, and just like I, oh, right, I enjoyed it, uh, but at the same time, I kind of felt like if you didn't know anything, the comparison to *Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen* is interesting, but I don't think it quite works because you could know nothing about the actual stories that the League of Extraordinary gentlemen come from as evidenced by by me yeah and completely enjoyed the story yeah Yeah. and and enjoyed the story because there was enough actual stuff within the stories themselves to keep you going and if you were interested in the other stuff or you had knowledge of it it it's kind of a cool it was kind of a giant easter egg hovering in the background with this a little bit if you don't know the characters (laughs) you kind of lose interest yeah totally like totally. if you don't understand what the twists are you know like oh rosencrantz and gildestern did this instead of that <laughs> it, or you don't recognize when a character is introduced you know what it really it, ma- it really made me re- it made me remember when i was in high school and one of my friends we were hanging out and, and we'd rented rosencrantz and gildestern are dead and like <laughs> half the group were cra- the smarties were cracking up and me and the other half were just like okay they were faking it <laughs> yes. they were faking it yeah <laughs> Yeah, like I wasn't an, I wasn't an English major, you know, like so, yeah. but but um, it wasn't bad. It was it's just it's possibly a bit of a marketing risk. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it's kind of well the, and, and, I guess and all the, the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen example is the ca- so Shakespeare's characters band together to stop him from writing cuz he's ruining their lives, right? That's the premise. Well, it's like a shared universe where they're all interacting and Richard III is trying to get uh, Hamlet to uh, t- 
take out Shakespeare because everyone's under Shakespeare's a rumored wizard that controls everything. So you, all these characters are all in the same world and they're all interacting. It's kind of all the heroes versus all the villains of the Shakespearean uh, Shakespearean plays, yeah. and they're all interacting like that. Similar to League Extraordinary Gentlemen, it's a bunch of stuff that wasn't in a shared universe that's now been put into a shared universe. Right. I don't know. It's a high concept. It's interesting. It's a miniseries, right? I believe so, yes. All right. Well, so look out for it. IDW put it out. And if you're into Shakespeare in English, you might not have heard about it. Uh, and it's controversy laden. So there you go. The art's pretty nice. I kind of like the art, even, you know, if, if you dig that sort of thing. Well, so, uh,. If I had a pick of the week this week, and again, I'm not the best thing I've read in the last five years, but I would say my best of the week. Um, I'm not going to let that go just for a little while longer. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna, I would go with Unwritten number 12. And I, I, I got to say I'm a little upset that I haven't ever had this uh, pick of the week on the week that this would have been pick of the week. Um, this you, uh, you need to manipulate the schedule like I do. I know, and, and you do it years in advance. You're I Machiavellian. Do. I mean, I, I, the, the chess pieces I'm putting in place for 2012, you have no idea. Yeah. Five years um, ago, he knew Flash number one was going to come out this week. Exactly. Set it in motion. Now, I, 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 uh, th- there's a thing where in comics where they'll take like a, a sort of genre and they'll flip it on its head. And, and this one is basically, it's a sort of like a, a Winnie the Pooh kind of world with little fuzzy animals who talk to each other and they're, they're pleasantly stupid. Um, but one of them is a, a bunny and, and he's like, and he sort of is self-aware that he's not really a bunny. He's this guy named Paulie Bruckner and, uh, he really doesn't want to be here and he just walks around swearing the whole time. <laughs> and I know that like, Same. and in a lot of books, like that doesn't, that doesn't fly. Uh, cause it's just like, okay, great. You can swear a big deal, but it was really funny in this context. Are you, are you, are you I know that you're reading it in trade, Ron. Are you, do you read this, Tom? Yes, I okay. So you I read do this. Enjoy it. Yes, um, and, and and like this gets away from the main story that's been going on in Tom Taylor. This is one of those uh, asides, like the Rudyard Kipling issue. Yes, um, and and it was colored in in like this sort of watercolory way, and it looks like a children's book. Uh, beautiful artwork, actually, the same artist Peter Gross did it, but it's a completely different style. Um, and it's just this angry rabbit wearing a tie and a waistcoat. And he decides that he's got to go try to kill the little girl, the Christopher Robin of this universe. And, and he ultimately fails and is locked away in a closet. I, this is one of those series that's great because the one-off issues uh, almost always the, are going to end up being the ones I think I remember the most. Absolutely. Not that the main story isn't good, mm-hmm. but it's, it's kind of like sculpt in that yep. sense that when they need to go off in a tangent to do something else. Because uh, the Rudyard Klep- Kipling one was really good. The one where they gave sort of the backstory about the prison warden and his kids was yeah. really good. And they're not exactly like the moment carrying the momentum of the story forward, but they're extremely memorable within the whole context of that story. And they fit the tone of the whole book. So the, the, it, that really makes it fun to buy a book like this on a month to month basis. And uh, I think the thing is, is that, yeah, that, that main storyline can – it's really complicated and it can start to drag and they've been really good about parsing out these kinds of issues. Um, yes. The, the main story can – it can be kind of – it has that um, – the problem that the Vertigo books sometimes have where there's a mystery mm-hmm. and it goes on too long. And you get to the point yeah. where you're like, I, do you need to know a little something to keep mm-hmm. going? 
And if you throw on these one shots, you can kind of extend it and keep interest in it. I, I feel as far as being a reader of it goes. Uh, this is like that episode of Lost a few weeks ago um, with the one guy with the pretty face. Oh, I love yeah. that episode. It was like a right. film. It was awesome. That was the that that is the only episode of that I've liked in a year. By the way, my new favorite thing is um, that's the Richard Alpert character. My new favorite Richard, thing. Yes. My new favorite thing now is freaking out Richard, which we've had for the past two episodes. Which, like, <laughs> pa- like panicking Richard Alpert is hysterical. By the way, I can't. I, I'm sorry not to diverge on Lost, but that, it cracks me up every time. Guys, but this is like that. <laughs> like if 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 for whatever reason that storyline you wanted to get away from it, like and and sometimes when you get away from a storyline like that, where you want where you do want to know what's happening next, and they pull you away from it, you're like, come on, just get to it. It's not like that with this at all. It's it's it was just a really entertaining issue, and also uh, from a cartooning standpoint, for for um, Peter Gross to switch up his style like this and do these sort of anthropomorphic animals but really nail uh facial expressions like on a dog or on a on a cartoon rabbit or or whatever like he killed it like it was really like a a, an act of cartooning so that was neat excellent awesome so um you should check out the unwritten um and if you haven't reading it you pick up the first trade and you get it from instock trades who is sponsoring this episode we want to thank them for sponsoring this episode um if you go to instocktrades.com you can save up to 37 percent off on um all your trade paperback and collected edition needs uh they got free shipping on orders over 50 dollars um, they've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. Uh, they got new releases that come out every Wednesday, while Wednesdays is still the release day. And, um, and orders usually ship within 48 hours. So if you go to InStockTrades.com, you can get all your stuff. Uh, where InStockTrades, where waiting for the trade has never been easier. Um, which I don't think is their slogan, but I think Around Comics made it their slogan. I, I was thinking that too. Yeah, I don't, yeah, because we never got you guys that said that. So you guys owe me 25 cents. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. They didn't fall for the dive, the Amazon glitch. No, they didn't. They, they, that's no. the kind of retail you want. Dependable, rock exactly. solid. Secrets, but, <laughs> secrets. <guys. laughs> but so, um, uh, the, and the folks behind In Stock Trades and Discount Comic Book Service are also the folks putting on the Summit City Comic Con. So, if you are in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area on May twenty second, you want to go to the Summit City Comic Con where you could see Mike Norton, Jim Rugg, um, a whole host of other all stars, comics all stars, one day show. There'll be some great deals there. So go to summitcitycomiccon.com for more information. Um, so thanks in Stock Trades and Summit City Comic Con for sponsoring this episode. Oh, it's what everybody's been waiting for, well, Ron. Here, and here's the it's been twist. So long. Here's the twist. X Men Forever number twenty one. Um, yeah. Claremont's, Claremont's actually putting together a pretty good story. Of oh. course he is, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. I can't believe we've. This has almost been two years. I really feel like no, we just. It has. Talking. It's been one year. They're they're coming up bi-weekly. Jesus. You know why? Because Claremont has it contractually bound to get to write to be on two titles a month, and so they're just publishing X Men Forever twice a month. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Hey, you know what? Turns his shit in on time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so no, he's been building this story about this consortium that are trying to take down the mutants with Sentinels, and you know it's Trask and stuff like that. But the big reveal in this issue was that on the the leader of this consortium is Tony Stark. Which, oh shit! I know exactly which is our shit. So you've got, and for some reason now Nick Fury and Shield and the X Men have joined forces because Nick Fury's like living at the mansion, but um. And you and so you've got Beast and Nick Nick Fury going. Listen, we know Tony Stark. He's an Avenger. We work with the, you know. Although actually in the, in this in this continuity, Tony Stark still has a secret identity. So they're like, listen, Tony Stark's friends with Iron Man, and Iron Man's an Avenger. And I was on the Avengers with him. That's what Beast said. Um, 
So it, it's an interesting little twist that I didn't see coming. And then there and there was a great little um, Kitty Nightcrawler and Young Storm researching Trask, and that's where they found the Stark connection. And it was very Buffy esque. Back to the I remember the early days of Buffy when they'd be in the library, like doing like trying to figure something out. Um, so you watched those last year. Yeah, I know. Don't be like, don't be like, oh, gee, I remember way back. No. Yeah. But yeah, so, so uh, amidst the chaos and the insanity, like last issue, Sabretooth had his hand cut off. Like, it's just insane. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I find myself like, ooh, I can't wait for the next issue to see what's happening. So uh, who knew? So yeah, good times. We all knew. We all knew this would happen to you. We all knew, didn't we? So, yeah, uh, no one's surprised. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, uh, Green Hornet. Uh, You're one. If- if you haven't been paying attention, uh, Dynamite has answered America's call for Green Hornet comics by putting and out <laughs> like twelve. I've, there's at least a dozen. I think there's an origin of the car coming out like in a month. But uh, I, the good part of it is I was able to find one that I actually I liked, which is the Green Hornet Year One, which is the origin of the 1930s Green Hornet and Cato. Uh, it's done by uh, Matt Wagner who is doing, well, he does the script and art direction, and the art's been really great. Francisco Francavilla does the colors on it, and it is a really cool sort of classic 30s uh, crime story mixed with the origin stories for these two characters that involve Cato being in the Japanese army during the invasion of China during World War II, so there's some uh, horrors of war type thing going on, and it's just extremely well done. And it's good enough that I forget that there are other Green Hornet comics, um, especially the Kevin Smith one, yeah. um, which I read. And I was like, this reads like a really good comic instead of an unmade movie. Yeah, which is so, what, what the Kevin Smith thing is. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, Green Hornet Year One, I'd take a look through it. Uh, if you dig the art, it's a very solid story. Take a, take a moment and imagine the sound of that Green Hornet movie tanking. <laughs> I mean, it would have been it would have been like Pearl Harbor bad. I do have to say, there is. Uh, I'm not familiar with Green Hornet's history, but if it's true that he got the inspiration for uh, being Green Hornet by the fact that a bunch of guys that were chasing him in Africa got killed by hornets while he was hiding, um, that is maybe one of the weirdest origins of anything I've ever seen ever. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading this story, I'm like, oh, this is really, you know, it's like a crime story or some war stuff. And then it got to this part where I was like, this has to be canon. Because I can't imagine if anyone got an opportunity to do it again, (laughs) that they would do it it this way. But I was like, ah, but it's it's good enough to get past that. You know, the, the, the rest of the stuff around it is very good. So we are a few issues into the uh, Powers relaunch, I guess if that's what you want to call it. I am of two minds about this last issue. Yep. Um, I really liked part of it, and I, and then the other part I could take or leave. Uh, the sort of beginning bit about the angry girl yep. with the father, that went on for a long time. Agreed. And there was a lot of swearing, and it just like when I was talking about like before the unwritten where the bunnies swore a lot, yeah. kind of worked. And this one I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's fine. Uh, and then the second half of this, where they go back into the, the story about the, the guys who Walker, killed Hitler. Walker and his team, yeah. I, right. want, I want more of that. I want more of that. That was, that was awesome. And it was, it was good. It was, it was exactly what I would want out of this book. And it's an interesting part of the history that they still haven't told yet. It was well drawn. Yep. Um, 
I, I mean, I'm 100% in for that part. Yeah, um, no, I, agree, I agree. And I think I think that Oming's been killing it on the art. I think mm-hmm. that, especially some of the stuff like, like with the blurry panels in this issue and stuff like that, I thought were really good like for the flashbacks. Um, that was a, I, I, I like that approach. Um, I love the flashback stuff. I just still, there's still something off with the with the dialogue. There's just still something a little, like Walker's voice is a little different, you know, and, and you know, and if they're, and if Oming or Bendis are collaborating on the script, that's cool that, you know, if Oming's even writing it, that's, you know, it's their, their book, that's great. It's just the, the tone, it just, it shows how subtle that voice can be. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just, like, there was a couple, like the Billy, mainly it was the Walker-Billy Mace conversation where I'm like, ah, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but so. I'm uh, but but that's sto- you know that story uh, you know I'm not I'm not gonna drop this book I've been I've read every issue of this book and yeah, I'll I'm be continuing to do that and yeah. it's just because I expect so much out of it that if it's just a little bit off you just yeah. yeah but that's that second man I want I want more of that story I'm down with that yep cool uh, oh uh, next up BPRD King of Fear number four uh, a lot of stuff happened in this one again you cannot yes. you can, you can't Guy Davis man there's not a better storyteller out there I don't think. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly what happened at the end of it, though. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's one it of those. Quick. I think it's one of those things <laughs> that Tom will tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things that, like, in the next issue, will be very clear what happened. But it was sort of vague. If the, you know, Liz unleashes a lot of fire, and I, I think she killed a lot of people. Um, there was a really neat reveal in this one that uh, the frogmen who they've been fighting pretty much the whole time, they look a lot like Abe. And so you're like, oh, yeah, they do, don't they? And that was like a thing where they've all got to come to terms with it. And, and you know, it's like that's a big deal. It's a big turn. Uh, and, and, you know, I feel like it is time that, that Liz has Liz Sherman, the fire lady. She's got to deal with this shit she's been dealing with for a long time. And I think we're going to see that. We are seeing think, it. Do you think Abe, the, since the first time they ran across the frogs, was like, I hope no one notices... <laughs> Well, there was there was, there was a fantastic two panels in here after they tell that to it. Yeah. There's two panels and you see in the background the two guys on either side of Abe are eyeballing him sideways. Yeah, he's not saying anything. And the next panel is he turns, he goes, What are you looking at? And they both look away. Nothing. It was really it was spectacular cartooning. He's like, I uh, I am also kind of a frog I'm a frog man, you know, so it's different. <laughs> different. Um, so real quickly, Green Hour number 32, a couple of points about this. Um, this is what an issue feels like on Fast Forward. Um, they just blew through this story to get to the end of it. Um, basically now Green Arrow gets caught for killing um, Prometheus and, and gets put on trial inexplicably because didn't he kill Prometheus in another dimension? But anyway, I don't know what the extradition yeah. laws yeah, exactly, are. Exactly, exactly. And then um, you had when he got arrested, you had the most anticlimactic superhero secret identity reveal ever. When the cop pulls his mask, and they're like, "Oliver Queen, you mean the ex mayor?" And it's like as if the fucking goatee wasn't enough of a tip off, <laughs> really. <laughs> like, Wait, that really him. happened? Yes. Like I didn't know. Didn't everyone know that? I know. Like I just, I can't believe. Like I thought everyone knew Oliver Queen was the Green Arrow. Like, so. well, would have been great if the guy would have pulled it off and said Oliver Queen. Oliver Queen, and someone's like, yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah, we all knew. Exactly. He signed Oliver Queen right there yeah. on the form. <laughs> it's like- it's uh. It it makes sense now, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess I I don't know why I didn't notice that before. And so you had that, and then and then I thought, oh god, he got arrested, and they're gonna like the the rumors of doing the Oliver Queen in jail movie, the Green Arrow in jail movie. Like this is what they're they're laying the groundwork for that in the comics, so they could do that movie. Um, but then he gets after all that, hope, you know, hullabaloo, he gets uh, the jury finds him not guilty, 
And so then the judge banishes him from Star City. Which can a judge do that? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those wacky Texas judges yeah, in the Reuters, exactly. oddly enough, story. It's like the judge says so we, you're, you're hereby exiled from Star City. Can you exile it's, someone? <laughs> it's six months of Green Arrow, like in a tent city out in the desert, yeah. re- getting re- rehabilitated back to normal life. One of those crazy Texas judges. You're know, out of town. The whole thing's just bizarre, and but they, you know, so they've got him out of Star City, and this this is teeing up Green Arrow number one. So we'll find out what happens with that. But well, you really, you really stuck with it, huh? Oh yeah, I saw. I wrote it through. I, I mean. Through, yeah. I was out a long time ago. Yeah, no, you know me. I I, I hold on for dear life. But Dude, and, okay. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, good luck with that. Yeah, You're you. banished. It's like, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Like this, it's America. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so go to ifanboy.com/comics where you can uh, do your pull list and you can rate and review your books. And we got a couple of user reviews here from the iFan base. And the first one comes from Dia Campo. Um, who reviewed Black Widow number one from Marvel and gave the story a three out of five and the art a three out of five. And at the time of this recording, nobody made it their pick of the week. Zero people. Ooh. And um, Dave says, I like the tone. I'm intrigued by the mystery. And I think writer Marjorie Liu's got some good ideas. The execution's a little off, but I'm willing to stick around for this arc to see it all, see how it all shakes out. And um, I was just curious because with the Iron Man movie coming up, it looks like they're rolling out a lot of Black Widow stuff. So, um, which is good. You know, what was good was Paul Cornell's Black Widow story. Yeah, except the art was. We we talked about that already. It was half awesome. Yeah. Anyway, but um, I looked at this one for a little couple of minutes. And, yeah. Nah. I'm exactly. good. So, and then and the next review is a book that everyone's gonna yell at us for not talking about this issue. Josh, you want to read it? I will. I actually skipped this. I didn't get this in the store, so Ooh. I hope it's not a spoiler in this. Uh, Jose Rivera, eighty-three, uh, chew number ten. Give the story a five out of five, and the art a five out of five. And he's he's upsetting me. I'll be honest. Uh, pick of the week percentage is a point two one percent. How is a book that good? But no one picked it. I bet Jose did. Anyway, as international flavor comes to a close, it's nice to see Chu not succumb to the sophomore slump. We get closure to a lot of storylines in a short amount of time, yet it never comes at the expense of the story, which is moving along nicely. I can't wait to see where the third arc takes us, as I can honestly ch- say Chu is one of the few comics that honestly, too honestly, surprised me time and time again. Um, I would Makes me agree think he's with lying. That. <laughs> All these honestly yeah. is it's a double negative. It's double honestly. Do honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Um, I'm going to be unpopular here and tell you that I think it did suffer from a little sophomore slump. Ooh, I found myself less interested in this arc than than the first one. I thought, you know, I thought it. I thought it was the common second story arc where okay, take the hero and put him in a new kind of environment, like the island stuff, like putting him on this island. Like I don't know, it just this arc didn't do it for me as much as the first one. Uh, the creators of Chew need to look at Green Arrow to see what it was that. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to you to, to be his butler. And no, don't get me wrong; it was good, and I love I love Rob Guillory's art. It was great. I just I, I don't know. I, just, I felt I just felt a little distanced from what the magic that we felt in the first arc was. I that's all. I feel like it's been a little while. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. I just feel that way. Remember and a year so ago we were like rat. Well, no, it would be a year of the summer we were rabid for it. Yeah, no, you I said mean, it was I, the best I, book you'd read the best in book ever. This is the best comic book ever, guys. Really. <laughs> He's not. Don't believe his. Don't believe his hype. Uh, hey, uh, let's uh, let's talk. Let's move along. If you want to write a review, make sure you go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics and you you select all the comics you pull list. You can print that out. Very, 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 very helpful. Uh, and then if you want to write a review, you can uh, click on my comics and then you can click. You can write a review on any of the ones there. And uh, we choose the best ones to put on the show and highlight some others on the website. So uh, you should do that. It keeps everybody talking and, and lets you contribute to the site in a very real way. 
Uh, also, if you want to help by fanboy, uh, this is uh, you like the show. It's all free. You're listening to it now. You're watching the video shows. You're seeing the explosion of content on the site. Tom, you're one of them. He's kicking yeah. ass. Is yeah, what you're doing. Totally, we're I dominating. Mean, it's it's really pretty fun. Uh, but if you like all that stuff, uh, you want to help support the site. It's uh, and, and it's now more important than it's ever been. To be completely honest, so make sure you click on the banners. Go to the sponsors. That you know, we talk about the sponsors on this show, and there's stuff on the site. Patronize those people. They're helping support the uh, the show and the site and everything. If you want to just order stuff from Amazon and that, that you were going to do anyway, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. You click on the little powered by Amazon button and then anything you buy will help help send a little our way. And and that's you have to that you were going to buy stuff anyway. And it's one of those things where like, oh, I have to buy dog food, but I also want a Star Trek Blu-ray. You know, you can do that, and then that helps everybody. There's our shirts. Don't forget the shirts. There's the Fear Agent shirts. The, the first batches of those have started to come out. People have definitely started to get them. Uh, are there any Battle Pug shirts left? I yeah, guess there are, not. there's a few left. There's a few left. Okay. Uh, Battle Pug shirts. So they're a rarity is what you're saying. Yes, they're they are. Get them while they last, yes. Uh, Rick, any of the Fear Agent shirt, Rick Remender and um, Jerome Pena, is the only Fear Agent shirt that there is. And it's a damn fine book, so you should you should get that shirt. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store to get those. Or, as always, you can be a member. That is the most direct and simple way. It's the cost of one bad comic book a month or a good comic book, either way. And, uh, you know, we've, we've heard about the deal that we made and everything, but you guys are still the main source of, of, of keeping everything going, and we need that more than ever. Nothing's changed in that sense. Um, you are the ones uh, making it happen, and we are so appreciative to you. Uh, even Tom's still paying. I guess we should. Yeah, uh, we, we, actually, we need to cancel your membership, Tom. <laughs> That's to, true. You'll have to send back the comic book. Uh, you can come in for four dollars a month. I will. I got some of the three worst comic books. <laughs> we we oh. took extra special and care in your package. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the more was... we like somebody, the worse a comic book they get. <laughs> yep. That means that for four dollars a month or forty-two dollars a year, you are going to get a fanboy prize pack, some stickers, some buttons. A, a comic book of our choosing and then honestly if you get a horrible horrible comic book that's I, that's a that's a sign of, of affection as yeah, far as I'm concerned exactly. uh, or if you've got you've got money to burn or you really really like us uh, you can send ten dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year but uh, it's it's the main source of income for the site and it's it's very important to us and we thank you for that um, so it, all the members I mean honestly even to this day uh, people have stuck around and supported the show we, we really really appreciate it so thank you and uh, you know, if you haven't, if you've been thinking about it, man, now's a good time. Yeah. Con season's coming up, man. Cons Babies are hungry. Yeah, Babies are hungry. <laughs> uh, the only thing that makes uh, Josh's kid go to sleep is the smell of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to the emails. <laughs> Our first email comes from Dave Shramick, who writes in and says, In listening to the iFanboy writing staff lament that Second Coming number 1 ended with a list of X-books to read in order to get the story, I started to wonder if the X-Universe would benefit from the Amazing Spider-Man treatment. And I don't mean Quesada magicking away what he considers to be the problem with mutants, which he has already done. Snap. Yeah. Since Spidey's <laughs> reboot, we've seen nine weekly stories with a roster of great teams. They managed to balance the long arc megaplots with the week-to-week arcs really well, and I vastly prefer this to having read four Spider-Man titles a month, especially if I was only reading, especially if I was only reading one or two, then suddenly I had to read them all to follow along with some big Spider Saga. So I put it to you, the iFanboys: Would you want to see all the X books, or at least the incontinuity X books, folded into one uncanny X-Men comic with rotating teams, both creatively as the focus of the uh, focus of the issue? Well, I think that I'm the best qualified to answer this. Well, no, I actually so didn't want start... I didn't I didn't want to answer it X-Men specifically. Because this is an example of what happens in comics where something good happens like Amazing – well, actually, Amazing, what they're doing with Amazing Spider-Man was in response to 52 as, as being a success as a weekly comic. 
Yeah. It, so much so that they hired away Steve Wacker to do it, the, the editor of 52. But the problem was that they come up with a good, innovative idea that works for one title, and then everyone wants to replicate that for every other title. You know, and, and, and DC drove the weekly book into the ground with Countdown and, and yeah. Trinity. You know, so I don't, I don't think that – I don't think that the X-Men or any other book should do what they're doing with Spider-Man. I think what they're doing with Spider-Man is awesome and unique and unique to Spider-Man. Let it be unique. You know? The difference in those two actually oh, – man, I was making a joke about being able to answer this, but I actually can. The di- <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man, is, Spider-Man is one character. Yes. Uh, and the X-Men are many characters broken into various groups. And I, if, I, if I was, and I'm not, an X-Men reader, I, you know, I li- I'd like the ability to pick and choose some of those things. I wouldn't want them to all be wrapped up. If I just want to read young X-Men or I just want to read X-Factor, I can do that or just Uncanny. When you wrap them all up into one thing, then you know, everybody's in for everything all the time and you've got a checklist again, you know, really. And the thing is, like they, they were bitching and moaning about the checklist, but like as and I said, I've said it, you know, I said it last week. I said it, as the as the X Men fan, like I'm psyched for the checklist. That's how it used to be. I'm, I read all those books. I'm brightest day. Like you know, like we were just talking about that earlier. Like I read those books. I'm fine with it. You know, just I, I, you know, I gotta say the checklist haven't really. I mean, I didn't read everything from Blackest Night. I didn't read everything from all the other stories. Each. I followed along. It's yeah. fine. Uh, also, Steve Wacker edits that book. I don't know. You never see his name on it. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Wacker here. I know. I know. Anyway, Tom, what do you think? Uh, I don't think it would work for X Men. Pretty much for the reason Josh said. You know, if someone would be extremely unhappy, they'd be like, "Oh, I love X Force," and X Force shows up for three panels every week. You know, for it, it it doesn't work that way with a a a big set of characters. It would be a constant, ongoing crossover. The the Ugh. the reason it works for Spider Man was, if there was a problem with having four Spider Man books, it was that all four of them had different tones. Yeah, that would have benefited from all having the same tone as one Spider Man book. That's a strength for the X books. That's why there are so many X books. Yeah, because they have had success selling different tones to different people. Right, with the, with and, the similar theme of mutants and you know that whole world. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it would work. Spider-Man, you want that to be a constant, sort of. Yeah. I love the Spider-Man Anything. format now. Yeah. I, 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 it's too much. Really? I'll say it. I, so? I, it yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a big commitment. Yeah. Yes. It's a huge commitment. To, and maybe if you love that character enough, that, that getting it three times a month or four times a month works out, but twelve bucks a month is what I pay for HBO. Well, my my argument has been yeah. is that, but the thing about the Spider Man, you're right, it's a big commitment, but like they, it's it has been consistently good, with the exception of a handful of arcs in the past year and a half or two years, it, they have been really, they've been some of the best Spider Man comics I've ever see. Read. Here's the, but I, they have a built in defense against that, and the fact that if you read a disappointing one, a new one comes out the next week, true, yeah. to, to dull your pain. You know, instead of like festering over it for three weeks, if you've read a really bad Spider-Man comic, right? And but, you're like, oh, but, but the thing is, but the thing is, the one that comes after it has got to be good to to combat that. You know, Unless like, you're yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, no, no. But I mean, if you put if you put if they did if they did what they're doing with Spider-Man eight years ago, and the Spider Brain Trust was JMS and Howard Mackey and Paul Jenkins, I we it it, it would not be good right now. It, whatever magic they've tapped into with Bob Gale and Mark Wade and Zeb Wells and Dan Slott and Fred Van Lente and Joe Kelly, it's working. Yeah. You know? and, and well, listen, I haven't read any of it since Brand New Day. 
I'm kidding. I don't know. I just I just wanted to say. I just wanted to say. I stopped. I stopped that one more day. So I don't. Know I stopped what, uh, it one more day. But uh, it's. Uh, I'm just angry about it still. Yeah. I can't even talk about it. There's not a lot of things that I would, uh, that a continuing book that I would buy three or four times a month. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. Uh, next email, because we can't talk about this forever. I bet we could. Uh, Gary Lewis from Austin, Texas. Must be cool. Hi, guys. Uh, after quite a few years of just buying whatever I pleased at the LCS, it's time to scale down. Between having a baby on the way, I hear you, bro, and running out of space to throw all my boxes, dude, simpatico. I really have no choice. Just thinking about this hurts my head. Oh, you're my bro. Uh, at this mo- Sorry for the commentary. <laughs> at the moment, my plan is to pick one family of books from DC and one from Marvel and buy everything else in trade. Of course, I just changed my mind while writing because that leaves Uninvincible. Seriously, this hurts my head. If you guys weren't doing the show and had to be more selective on Wednesdays, how do you think you would go about it and what would your strategy be? Oh, the irony. I to- oh, the irony. I, totally, I, I always have a plan for how to handle it. If, uh, if I had to cut everything back, I just wouldn't buy books one week. Uh, and see what I actually cared about. Yes, that's a very good you know, point. like or, or yeah. because there are books you f- if you don't pick up and then you forget about it and you don't remember until the next one comes out, yeah. you might not want to buy the next one either. That was if, you know what yeah. was that for me? That was Secret Warriors. I missed an issue of Secret Warriors and completely didn't realize I missed it. And then the next one came out and I was like, oh, I missed this one. Oh, and I just stopped buying it. You know? Yeah, I do that a lot. I spoil most of my. I forget about most of them anyway, even the ones I really like. Okay, so I don't well, know if that down, works. Down. You can only you can only buy one DC one. Um, I, I one, would oh. never. I would never categorize it like that. But though. it's a fun game. Play the fucking. I game. know, but, but one DC. <laughs> play the game, Josh. <laughs> get the DC, game, Harding. Get the game. One DC <laughs> book, one Marvel book, one indie title. You get three titles a month. Okay. So that's get, a budget of fifteen dollars a month. Let's just say. Okay. Huh. I'm not uh, I'd get. Josh uh, is like obstinate. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'd it. probably get the Flash. Um, Connor's not here. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> uh, Marvel, I would probably get uh, Fantastic Four. Interesting. And then the independent comic I get would be Tarot, which I'm not reading now. But I would I would start because I assume that that would just be a good mix to have something pornographic. I don't I, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> See, I don't. Defense your senses, sir. See, this is the thing: the comic comic book fans. <laughs> Like when they talk about like budgeting or figuring stuff out, everything has to be like a spreadsheet. Like I, I have to have this from that and this from that and this from that. Just that. Just I skip mean, a week and then whatever you missed, go by. That's, yeah. It's like it's like well, I don't I want to keep reading The Walking Dead. I want to keep reading Hellblazer. Then buy then buy them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm gonna probably read those. And then when you know, you know, I, I'd buy no, some you trades. You only buy one. Honestly, I could Why? cut out. I, this. I could I could mostly cut out Marvel and DC. I really I could. Yeah. And and then like when I hear something is really good, I would just buy it later. I don't, I don't need to buy those weekly issues at all. I don't, I don't find I don't have that need. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wish I could shake it. No, I know, but like Green Arrow, ask, man, Green Arrow for the past ten years. If you were to ask me a week ago, and you haven't, you've liked like five issues of it. I know. I hated that book for years. <laughs> you are banished from my fanboy. I mean. Uh, like if if Rucka hadn't left DC, I mean, I'd probably say I keep reading Greg Rucka's Detective Comics. Like that's that's a that's a no brainer. I keep reading that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to stop buying Powers. Right. Gary I- Lewis, this is what I'll tell you: Do not put any qualifier on what you're buying besides what you like. Yeah. Yep. That's and uh, instead of like some like set of rules, you know, like just 
get what you like, and if Tom, you there go, must oh. always, there must always be rules, though. This is not Vietnam. <laughs> there are rules here. I did not watch men die face down in the sands at Quezon, <laughs> so that you would not buy DC and Marvel. Everyone be equal, because they they would totally help you out. all right well no you you gotta stop at the vietnam joke so if you have a question for us you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com um if you have a question for us call the voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS it's 1-888-326-2697 uh normally we do voicemails but we want to have more time to talk and laugh with tom so we skip the voicemails this week we'll get back to him next week uh, when connor gets back um, all right, so as you might have seen on ifanboy.com, April is a giveaway month and a little bit of May. It spills over into May. Um, but we're giving away a ton of stuff. This week we're giving away an awesome Top Cow prize pack, which contains, as I pull up the list, Pete, bear with me. Before you do do that, I'm just going to say that this winner has the best name ever. Yeah. Um, it's just like the, like a cowboy accountant. So you're getting uh, Impaler Volume 1, Strike Force Volume 1, Freshman Volume 1, Top Cow's Best of Michael Turner Volume 1, Wanted Assassin's Edition, which is awesome, Pilot nice. Season Volume 1, Magdalena Blood Divine, and Darkness Volume 1, signed by the artist Michael Broussard. So, Can I guess the name before you announce it? Sure. Flint McSaddleweather. No. <laughs> Um, the winner of the Top Cow prize pack is Gene Law. Uh, so congratulations, Gene. You won the Top Cow prize pack. Tune in next week when we're going to give away the DC Comics prize pack, which is a bunch of Starman trades and some hardcovers, that damn Kevin Smith Batman cacophony that we just that seems to be spawning like tribbles around the iFanboy office. I think I just saw one scurry across my floor. So, uh, yes, definitely tune in for that, as well as the um, uh, Greek Street Volume 1, the Winterman, all good, Ex Machina, good stuff. So uh, go to ifanboy.com. There's a red post about the giveaways to find out what more we're giving away. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Connor and I were at C2E2 this past weekend. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but you're listening to it after it, so I'm sure we had a wonderful time um, and had a great time uh, with all of our friends in Chicago, and we missed Tom, and Tom, we wished you were there. But So what can you do? Hey. I wished I was there as well. Yes. So. I I'm starting to wish that I had gone. Yeah. Boy, that was a, that was a scheduling error on my end. <laughs> uh, this last week, you may have uh, wait. This week coming up is Kickass Week. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the movie review. Yep. Uh, that we did a podcast. We saw it. We talked about it. Uh, we kind of liked it. There it is. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but you know that. Uh, and we talked to JRJR at one point. So make sure you go back and find that. Last week, uh, the don't miss was uh, Mikel V. Uh, Jamie McKelvey on Siege Loki. By the way, we didn't talk about that. I really enjoyed that book. Oh, McKelvey drew the fuck out of that. We didn't talk yeah, about yeah. it because we covered it on Don't Miss. So go listen That's to Don't Miss. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was good. And then this week I'm going to be talking to Ron Mars about Magdalena, cool. uh, number one. It's the ongoing of that character. So if you've ever been uh, curious about the Top Cow stuff, um, that's a good one. Also, Ron Mars is like... He's, he's a veteran. He's worked for everybody. So, yeah. you know, this guy's been around. It's interesting. So make sure you miss... That's the Don't Miss podcast that comes out on... Monday. Yes, and go to iTunes and subscribe to Don't Miss If You Haven't. Um, it's it's a great short little podcast with a little uh, mini uh, interview with the creator about the book that they're about book coming out this week. It's really it's a good one to listen to. So uh, check that out. And that's posted every Monday on ifanboy.com along with a crap ton of content. Um, we rolled out yeah. we rolled out a whole bunch of new writers, including Mr. Tom Caters, who hey. uh, the number of people who make Co- Josh Connor and I look bad is now times by like ten. Um, such great content on the site you can find it all on ifanboy.com as well as my pick of the week review my book of the month review which we're going to be talking about next week um, we're going to be talking about uh, what was the book of the month The Rocketeer 
Um, <laughs> so definitely a good time, uh, good time to, to go to ifanboy.com, check it out. It's such great content. Some of you are have been checking it out. We really thank you for that. Um, we also recently added Word Balloon to the to the mix. So every Tuesday you can get a new Word Balloon. Um, it's just great stuff going on. We've also got a video show that comes out every Wednesday. Last week we we had a show all about the Kickass movie. We hope you enjoyed that with my spoilerific interviews with the cast. Um, <laughs> and this week uh, we're talk- awkward. This week, sorry. This week we're talking about the Losers, which the movie is coming out on on this for this weekend, I believe, as well, or the weekend after. I forget. It's next. It's next yeah, weekend. It's next so it's kick ass. Yeah. Kick ass this past weekend. And then and the then. Losers. So we don't spoil anything in the Losers video show. So it's safe to watch. No, I don't. I, interview anybody, I hope. So, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. So yeah. So good. They're iFanboy. just lucky they came out before the eighteen movie. Yeah, it's true. They are. <laughs> so go to ifanboy.com. Check all that fun stuff out. Hey, you want to contact us at iFanboy? Write to contact at iFanboy.com. So that's perfect. Or you can leave us a voicemail. We normally do get to them, but we, we talked a lot this week. There you go. That's 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Don't ramble on forever. And make sure you leave your name. Tell us where you're from. Besides that, have fun with it. Call up. Give us some questions. Yeah. Give us good ta- content. We need that. Yeah. And um, if you enjoy us, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, go write a review on iTunes. Helps people uh, find out, you know, whether or not the show's worth listening to or not. Helps a lot of helps a lot of things out. But more importantly, tell other people about iFanboy. We've been telling you to tell other people about this podcast. Tell them about the website as well. We're trying. We're doing so much new stuff on the website. We're trying to get more people onto it to read what we've been doing. Go to twitter.com/slash/ifanboy. You can follow us there. You can find all the fun stuff we're doing there. Um, but tell your friends about iFanboy. Tell them this great website that you're that you dig. If you don't go to the website, go to the website. Read the stuff. It's good stuff. If you man, you're not kidding about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So check it all out. Um, Tom, thank you for joining us. Oh, it was a pleasure. So everyone can find your column on iFanboy on Fridays, right? Fridays at noon Eastern time, the right time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you also, you are a podcaster yourself. Yeah, Uh, I do Tom vs. the Flash where I talk about old uh, Flash comic books. And uh, some people think it's sad, I guess, but funny. I think you should change it to Tom vs. Frank Curtis. (laughs) <laughs> He's, he doesn't show up again either. He disappears. What the fuck happened to Stacey Conwell? I know. <laughs> if, I'm, she, if I can get one of those with Jeff Johns, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> one of those cold cases. One of those cold cases. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the missing case of Stacey Conwell. <laughs> Stacey Conwell. Oh, uh, it's a story a lot of people know. Mid-70s. Uh, some girl that lived with the Allens. She was around for 12 issues. It's important that we go back and figure this out. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> so people can find you just by searching Tom vs. the Flash, right? On Google yep. or iTunes. Yeah, Yeah, Google, whatever. Look up Tom Caters. All right, cool. Search on Yahoo. <laughs> and Go to web crawler. <laughs> Lycos. <laughs> Alta Vista. All right. So thanks again, Tom. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. I enjoy it. Yay. So until next week, I'm Ron. Uh, well, I'm... <laughs> we fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> Tom didn't decide to follow the script. He's not a team player. Oh, my God. I don't even have it open. Let's see. I'll do it again. I'm Josh. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm... T- I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> right on right on your tail. Get <laughs> 